0: Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m.
1: So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics, John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries, Waterfront Comics does ship
2: to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com.
0: everybody, this is James, and Marco, and Bill. and this is the Movie Palace Podcast, podcast number 69. Today we're going to be going over <laughs> uh, the topic of the week, which involves, uh, you know, talking about what everybody's going through lately, uh, what we've been watching, and a movie review of Honey Boy, the 2019 Amazon Studios film. And if you stick around after our outro, we also have the second part of our challenge here where we're going to be going over our TV segment that we all challenge ourselves to finish uh, before all hell broke loose and everything was still normal three weeks ago. So, uh, without further, guys, let's get into the topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. So, guys, it's been a while. Quite some time. As everybody knows, we're going through a little bit of a crisis here, I guess you might say. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, we're all kind of quarantined here. Uh, I know Nabil's still going out and partying every day, so, I mean, he doesn't care. I got, you know,
2: celebrate
1: the end of days, guys. Shirtless and everything. I don't yeah. know why, but he does. <laughs> he's
0: a, he's the guy getting every and thing. Nah, man, I, if I get it, I get it. It's not a big deal. So, so you Nabil, only yeah. live
1: one life,
2: you know? YOLO, that's what Drake said. <laughs> Nabil, you wild.
0: So, uh, just a heads up, just to let everybody know, that we, we didn't delay this because of that. This was always intended to only be three weeks out we originally were gonna do a this was supposed to be on um uh the quiet place part two actually so yeah
2: we were timing this so we could make it for some of the bigger blockbuster releases coming out in a couple months but as you know uh, a lot of films are no longer scheduled to be released as they were originally as all the the movie theaters
1: are closed the bill yes yeah we're also gonna have a guest but now that's definitely gonna have to be postponed right now social distancing
0: yeah, so we are actually doing this all remote as of right now, so we actually don't we, we can see kind of each other. Uh yeah. we're a map of where Marco lives. <laughs> Marco's a map. So. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a map.
1: I uh I had to save bandwidth, so I had to turn <laughs> the video off. He's so like, they can't yeah. see me, but I can see them. Let's see we're we're practicing safety here. Which for is fine.
0: Part. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it sounds like there's a party going at Marco's house, but I mean, it's not a big deal.
1: Uh, Yeah, with nature, you know, I have birds, I have dogs, uh, there's a car in the background. You know, it's the usual. All things that Marco actually owns randomly. <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you know. It's very strange. For no apparent reason. A, the quarantine's been... You know, drive me a little bananas. What can I say? Yeah, so
0: we were originally going to do uh, Quiet Place Part 2. We were going to do like a bonus episode on Mulan. Uh, I think we were going to jump right into New Mutants at one point too. Yeah, everything, all those movies were pushed out or canceled at this point or, you know, indefinitely um, set up. So, I mean, our future of what we are doing here, nothing's going to change. We still, I mean, once again, guys, uh, this, you know, they're films. We have, you know, a lot of movies we can go through. Like... This doesn't mean we can't watch things. There's plenty of things on video demand. There's uh, uh, marathons we can still go through. I know you guys tend to like listen to the longer ones when we put ourselves through that, so we do that. And I mean, at this point, we have nothing but time. Some of and us a have been
1: few, a few studios are actually going to be releasing some movies for home video streaming, so we yeah, have that as
0: well. Yeah, so that's really cool too. Um, I don't think, truthfully, none of them. I mean, the only one I really want to see is Bloodshot for some weird reason right like like that's the one i really want to watch um and i know that's i think it's coming out what tomorrow actually i think it's coming out tomorrow oh it might be so we have plans we're going to be doing we're actually doing a really big one now that james bond also has been pushed out also that was that was going to be our big one in um april yeah that's what we're leading up to i thought james was going
1: to refer to himself in the third person i'm like man quarantine's (laughs) got (laughs) him (laughs) wild
0: So, we're actually going to be a special thing for... We're going to be watching all 24 James Bond films before the release of the newest one in November. Um, so, truthfully, not the biggest marathon we've done, in a way, because I know the Marvel one is 23 or 24 movies, so, truthfully, it's about the same. And I think those movies yeah, are... Take. I think those movies are actually longer than the James Bond movies, so... Oh, yeah. Because... Uh, oh, just the way that they're set up, but... Um, I haven't... Wa- I've watched them all before. I know Nabil's watched a chunk of them, and Marco, I know you only watched from a certain point forward too so this would be kind of fun to do overall i'm looking kinda... forward
2: to it it's been on our list for like james and i for quite some time thanks
0: yeah we'll nabil and i made it to roger moore and then just kind of dropped dead right there we're like yeah. well i guess that's it because back in the day we'll we never tried see to see like... each other again yeah i was like well that's my life bro good luck <laughs> uh but now we're gonna force ourselves we're gonna rewatch them we're gonna take good notes on these uh it's not gonna be the next pod but it'll be an upcoming pod right after all right, so guys, with us being quarantined in the house because we're practicing our social distancing, uh, what have you guys been doing to kind of pass the time? I know that it's you know after a while, it's only been roughly about a week here, maybe two for some. Some people like to stay in a little longer. So, Nabil, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been you know locked indoors still. I know
2: uh, it hasn't really impacted it as me as early as as you guys out in California, but we've been trying to practice the same thing so. A lot, of, a lot of television, a lot of Netflix, and me especially, just a lot of YouTube. Just been going crazy with it. <laughs> yeah. I heard that. Anything yeah. in particular you've been watching on YouTube? Um, I've been watching uh these uh news guys that I, I like to... They like to make fun of the, the coronavirus and some other people that are kind of not following what they're supposed to be. They're called uh, Internet Today. Um, Sounds fun. And yeah, they're, it's basically a news show, but they... They kind of give you a, a bit of a, a shit talking basically about what everybody else is dealing with and why they're wrong, which I think is hilarious. Um, so I watch a lot of that. Watch <laughs> a lot of uh, Bon Appetit and, you know, those videos about cooking things because for some reason I think I'm going to be a master chef one day but never really try to cook any of it. So that's always nice as well just to think about
0: Hey, it. hey, don't give up <laughs> on your dreams, bro.
1: <laughs> we believe in you, Nabil.
2: Yeah, well, I think my wife is tired of believing me in cooking, though she hopes one day it does come true. What about yeah, I mean, uh, what about you, Marco? What have you uh, been kind of cooped up watching? Anything specific?
1: I've been catching up on sleep. I don't know about <laughs> y'all, but not having to wake up to that fucking alarm at the ass crack of dawn is great. Just just telling you. Uh, but aside from that, uh, catching up on some video games that I haven't really played much or haven't played lately. So I mean <laughs> i I beat uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Oh. Question yeah. mark? Yes, <laughs> Ghost Recon. I, I almost called the new one, but uh yeah. And I apologize for the dog in the background. My neighbors, I don't think they take care of their animals too well. So, I tried calling animal protection services, but you know what? I haven't heard anything from them. Anyway, <laughs> uh that I should add that to my list. Uh so I uh yeah, you know, I beat Ghost Recon and I went back to playing the Division 2 because there's a new expansion that came out. I've been Streaming some old shows, keeping up with some other ones that I haven't really been paying much attention to. Did a little bit of, I guess, quote-unquote spring cleaning. Rearranged my desk a little bit so that uh, I can stream the podcast with you guys and Skype with y'all. So, just trying to think of different things to keep myself busy. Actually, fun, funny that you mention cooking shows on YouTube, Nabil, because I've been looking at those too. And, you know, it's just something that could possibly help pass the time especially since no one's going out to eat much there, right it's now. just
2: it's so weird why you know watching cooking shows um and like you kind of feel
1: inspired
2: <laughs> to do something it's, it's 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 like, weirder
1: wow. when when you see that you have those ingredients in your cupboard and you're like huh i can make that yeah yeah <laughs> what uh what, what, what about you james what are some things you've been doing
0: uh so i've been basically i've been watching a lot of tv i started some new shows i'll talk about in our what uh, we've been watching um so i'm here with my parents as well so every night we've been kind of watching a new movie every night when it's kind of i guess i don't know kind of watch it late but i mean what's the point right yeah, so and cool. uh so we watched a lot of uh, older films stuff i've already seen but they hadn't seen because they don't really go out to the theaters too much so yeah i've been doing things like that so i'm doing that with family too yeah, like I just rewatched Midway. I watched Knives Out with them. I watched uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, my nieces were just over this weekend too, so we—they'd never seen Harry Potter, which blows my mind. So we watched the first four Harry Potters. So awesome. next time they're over, we'll uh, probably finish the rest. Or I don't know. I feel like my mom wants to watch them without them, so she's like, "What happens now?" I'm like, "I don't." <laughs> I I'm need like, to sh- know. I'm like, "Damn, my mom, We just did this <laughs> shit last. Year. I think it, what wasn't it last year we did the Harry Potter marathon? I thought I
1: thought you did. Yeah, with them too."
0: But no, I mean, with you guys, motherfucker. Yeah, we, I, we watched it together.
1: I did the first half with, with my younger niece, and then we, we didn't get to finish... She didn't get to finish the series with me, but, I mean, we're, we're probably going to end up doing that anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen these movies so many times, but they're so good, dude. So, I mean, I've been trying to use the time, if I'm going to watch movies, like, to choose movies they haven't seen yet, and, like, kind of broaden their horizon and stuff, too. So... Stuff like that. I I should do more reading, I guess, really, but I haven't right now. But that's something kind of on my list to do is probably listen to more audiobooks, especially yeah, uh, with the backlog of stuff that I have. Uh, I haven't really played too much video games. I just beat Bendy and the Ink Machine on Switch, so that's kind of a somewhat popular game. Uh, I liked it. It was pretty easy, and I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing lately. It just came out, so...
1: I saw. I'm almost thinking about maybe investing into a Nintendo Switch. I just, I just got the game too for uh, basically for uh,
2: Alyssa, my wife, because we're going to be stuck at home for a while, and I need her to get interested in video games in some some capacity. So I was like, we'll get the game. It's your character. I'll just push the buttons for you. Tell me what to do. And uh, so I was surpri- pleasantly surprised <laughs> that uh, she's in love with this game and all she wants to do is play it. Oh, so wow. nice! That's there worked you. out for me.
0: Yeah. She just tells you to do it. She's like, "Killed Tom Nook." You're yeah. Like, what? <laughs> you sure? She's like, "Don't, don't question me." She's like, "Take that gun out of there and kill that fucking monkey." You're like, "Whoa!"
1: He's what a I yeah.
0: don't think I know this person you're becoming. <laughs> yeah. Animal Crossing's changed you. Um, I just recently kind of got hours cut at my own job, so I'm gonna be probably playing a lot more stuff and i want to catch up on more of my backlog so it's just one of those things guys that like yeah, life sucks right now but just you know we can count our blessings we have surrounded by good friends you know i have a loving girlfriend and health is great right now so i can't really complain so
1: yeah it's it's all about you know keeping your head up staying positive uh, as best you can try to find ways to distract you from this situation which you know can seem a bit unreal at times but and if you think
0: you're by yourself, it's it's the majority of the United States that disappoints in this kind of a right. kind of a jam too. So I I wouldn't feel bad about it, guys. Use the time to do stuff that you've been wanting to do. It's just one of those things where hopefully in four or five months we're just laughing about this shit. Yeah, um, it's it's
2: for the greater good. But hopefully, you know, you you continue to be in good health and you take care of yourself and think about your neighbors. You know, make sure that. Um, especially if you have anybody that's elderly nearby, that somebody's taking a look at them, making sure that they're okay and nothing's going on with them, you know. So, it's, it's just a much a, different story
0: a, than Nabil told me last night. Okay. <laughs> it's about Nabil, being a good Nabil, human. At point. Nabil's like survival of the fittest, baby. Sometimes it's you just time. gotta
2: do what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know. Do what you can. Support yeah. local businesses whenever you can as well too. Definitely, whether it's, guys, whether definitely. It's when you're ordering buying it. gift cards, um, you know, or if they're doing, you know, to to go orders or ship to home orders, definitely look yeah, into that. Rather than um, going to cur- McDonald's or something. Use even curbs
0: nearby. a lot of them are doing curbside pickup too, where you're not gonna have any interaction. And let's face it guys, McDonald's and Target and Walmart they're all gonna survive. Yeah. A lot of these little guys are not. So I mean that if, exactly. if anything I'd say, especially a lot of our sponsors or ex-sponsors too. I mean, take a look at them, man. Because a lot look of them at, are they're hurting right now, you know.
1: Look at uh, other artists on uh, social media. I know that you know most of you'll be listening to us, you know, trying to keep you entertained and you know in these weird situations, and we appreciate that. Let's keep on a look at it for others. I, I know for us, we have some good friends that do entertainment on Instagram as well too. We have uh, our buddy Scott. At LR Farm Designs, give him a shot if you're into any woodworking. Uh, at Sean Ron Takes Photos, also on Instagram, does great photography. Um, at I X Stay Fresh, uh, does video streaming. Check him out. He's pretty cool. Awesome guy. Uh, at A underscore weekend underscore watch, also does movie reviews. And also at The Real Spiel and at Opinionateds, also do movie reviews. And... If you guys are going to be supporting us, support them as well, too. They're great friends, great people. Check them out.
2: Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, you know, I, I don't know if they're currently open, but one of our, our longtime partners, Waterfront Comics, um, where they were at one point doing special orders and deliveries, and hopefully, you know, you just give them love and support on their Facebook page make sure to know that we're still supporting them and, and uh, uh,
1: helping where we can with, definitely, with their yeah, business definitely. as well. We're all in this together, guys, and we're going to stay stronger together.
0: And then, if you guys want to check out uh, Nabil's Twitch stream, it's BigDick87. Uh, He'll be partying all night, guys. So, if you guys want to check that out.
2: Yeah, it's locked. So, if you want access, you're going to have to DM me first. You're going to have to
0: throw tokens at him. You're going to have to join uh, Nabil's OnlyFans account to get that password. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. All right, guys, let's get into what we've been watching.
1: so it's been a while like james said i know we took an extended break because we were going to do something a little bit different for this episode but um we had to since adjust however we're still doing the majority of our regular segments and with that being said nabil what have you been watching
2: Well, I mean, I really haven't had a lot of chance to go through and watch a bunch of shows and movies. Okay, cool. So, James, what have
1: you been watching?
0: I mean, he's partying too hard, bro. That's why. He's been going out every fucking day. (laughs) Just
1: living
2: life. Uh, No, I've actually watched quite a bit, of course. Um, I will call out some of the big things I've seen. Before uh, the pandemic became a pandemic, um, I got a chance to go see my last film, maybe ever, in theaters, uh, called Emma. Come on, bro. (laughs) <laughs> uh it's directed by autumn de wilde it's starring anya taylor joy johnny Flynn, and bill niley it's it's uh based off of the jane austen's comedy basically about finding your equal and earning your happy ending um it's about a <coughs> handsome clever and rich yeah that's
1: that's the tagline
2: <laughs> that's the tagline out uh, a little happy ending
0: okay yeah. oh uh, wow I, I
1: think they really should reconsider that tagline <laughs>
0: Uh,
2: handsome, clever, and rich, Emma Woodhouse is a restless queen bee without rivals in her sleepy little town. In its glittering satire of social class and the pain of growing up, Emma must adventure through misguided matches and romantic missteps to find the love that has been through there all along. Um, it's it's a period piece. It's very entertaining, very funny. I, there's, been, um, a, there's been a there's been a show I think, and a, a another older movie in the nineties um based off of it as well i think the uh 90s movie actually starred Granite paltrow as well um i'm actually i hadn't seen it but from my wife had seen it before and she told me that she actually prefers this version as well anna taylor joy is or anya taylor joy i'm sorry is uh, was a great actress she was really good as emma um you could tell that she just really was good at playing the it was kind of like a high school kind of situation even though they're you know kind of uh early 20s where she's she's the most popular person everybody wants to get to know her she can have any guy that she wants and she kind of manipulates her friends to to, for her best interest but at the same time you don't really hate her you kind of get what her motives are and you're you're into it the dialogue's very witty and comedic and um it was just an overall entertaining uh show different from a movie different from a lot of other things that were out at the time um, I actually think it's on the uh, home video or, or on demand right now because of the the situation. They released it early on there. Um, I highly recommend
0: giving this a watch.
1: Nice, sounds good, man. What, what else are like you been watching?
0: We we splitting this on the voodoo.
2: <laughs> we could. <laughs> I think it's only for rent, though, unfortunately. So we. Might oh yeah, yeah. It's the it's the, the actual release one. one. Yeah, yeah, Right, right. Um, I also got a chance to watch uh, the second season of Altered Carbon. That's on Netflix. This one actually stars Anthony Mackie now as the, the main character, which is Takeshi Kovex. Um, the second season starts about 30 years after uh, the end of the first season. He's still looking for his long-lost lover, which uh, she, supposedly she, he, he had found out she was still alive. Um, I don't want to spoil too much about her. Her name is Kowalcress Falconer. Um, and he's been searching the galaxy for her and then essentially finds a way back to where he was it started from, which is called Harlan's World, the main world, um, finding a good lead on, on the main character, Quell. But he's getting kind of, his past is coming back up and getting haunted by it. And, um, of course, craziness and trouble in two is trying to find her. Mm-hmm. I will say the season story, it's supposed to be like a love story. I didn't really feel the love connection between uh, the current Anthony Mackie playing uh, Takeshi Kovacs and Kalkas Falconer uh, which is played by Renee Elsie Goldsberry but I, I will say that the one thing that I really enjoyed about this season was the action the it was just so well choreographed the it's like a step up from the previous season Anthony Mackie is like a badass throughout this whole whole season just Um, with the kung fu scenes you know all the martial arts just they're they're using gung fu they're using swords they're using you know hand-to-hand combat the whole thing and it's it's visually very striking um, which is what I really liked about it in the previous season Um, just just the whole aesthetic has kind of got that uh, steampunk vibe but also futuristic noir kind of thing like Blade Runner and it's it's just a very aesthetically pleasing to the eyes it's very fun to see the action scenes the story is okay it I got lost a little bit midway through the ending i got a little confused as well so oh, you know they you, they were trying to get a bit ambitious you definitely
0: fell asleep okay yeah
2: yeah i mean <laughs> there there might have been an episode or two where i might not have made it through the whole thing but
1: said you know what i'll just go to the <laughs> next episode no
0: bill <laughs> woke up he's like what the fuck happened why is he black now <laughs> Did I he just a, sees black? he
1: just sees the credits he's like Fuck, all right, I guess I, guess I episode, it. Episode six, done. I watched, the last, done. I watched you know, the last episode it, it, like three times. So, the, fir- uh, the first season first is kind of like that where there's just a lot of stuff that they throw at you in there. Don't get me wrong, it's very interesting, but uh, uh, is that is kind this... of how you're saying the second season is where it's just like a lot of... No, they, they did let, definitely focus. Let me add to season. that
0: real quick too, though. Just coming up, I, I complained when originally on this one that I thought um, the first season had really poor writing. Uh, yeah. it sounds like it's about the same from what you're telling me here. Because the yeah, action, I, mean, I, li- I like the action, but I remember the
2: story was like, oh, okay. They definitely tried to focus into the plot. There wasn't a lot more world building. It was more trying to be honed in on, on the characters. Yeah. Um, Which you would think was going to be really good, but I just you didn't care as much like in the first season I cared about the characters and, and Takeshi Kovacs like backstory and his sister. And then of course, Calcress Falconer, yeah. like that whole relationship. But in this one, I, I really didn't care. I was just more like, when am I going to get to the next action? Did scene? you, Which is, did you know, prefer enjoy. Joel
0: Kinnaman over Anthony Mackie or was Anthony Mackie? Okay. <clears throat> I, I, I think Joel
2: Kinnaman did a really good job with, with, uh, Takeshi I thought it was more in sync with the person who he's supposed to be portraying which I can't remember his name but the original version of Takeshi Um, Kauvex I thought that was more in line I did like Anthony Mackie um, as a whole but he was was definitely his own character it really didn't I didn't feel the connection was as strong to like the previous version even though that's what he's supposed to be doing he's playing his own spin on it too Um, yeah it's supposed to be a continuation he's just in a different sleeve right Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that connection was strong enough for me, but that might also have to do with the writing again, because I didn't feel real connected with a lot of the characters this season, especially with the ones that, you know, they were definitely recurring. But um, again, like just seeing him in his action scenes, especially outside of the role of like a superhero and seeing him do this, like he, it was really, really just fun and enjoyable. That's really what kept driving me to finish the show. But I'm happy they brought it back. I'm hoping they do another season. And um, they, they did do uh, an animated version as well, which I, I haven't seen yet. But there's an a anime version of Ultra Carbon um, that kind of continues on the path of Takeshi Kovacs um, before he became, you know, the, where the seasons start off. Yeah. So it's more like yeah. a prequel. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good um, stuff, man. Yeah, so uh, that's what I've been watching. Um, what, about, uh, what about you, Marco? What have you been up to?
1: I have been watching like i said i'm watching a lot of old stuff some stuff that we've already talked about on here so i'm not really gonna comment on that but i did end up finishing uh, narcos mexico season two on netflix the original crime drama and i really enjoyed it actually like i said previously when i was talking about it, it pretty much picks up where Miguel Angel, played by Diego Luna, has pretty much accomplished what he wanted to do in in uniting all the cartels into one federation, is what they call it, la la federacion. So the federation, and each old cartel's in charge of their own territory, and they are central to basically smuggling drugs from other drug cartels into the United States. So like the, the pipe, they are essentially the pipeline and Miguel Angel knows this and basically wants to take advantage of the fact that they can hold the drug trade ransom and uh, accumulate more power. And it's, it, that is basically what is drawing huge problems amongst uh, some of his other bosses, Some of them feel like they're being left out of the loop, which across each episode, you notice that Miguel does do a lot of decision making on his own. Despite the fact that he says that the Federation will do everything in unison, he sort of starts to branch off from what he originally planned and is being more and more consumed with greed and power and his ambition uh, like I said, his his ambition exceeds, his, his grasp exceeds, um, it, you know, his expectations. And so he's drawing himself more and more in the corner as his alliances start to deteriorate throughout the the season. All in the meanwhile, Scoot McNary's Walt Breslin, who's a DEA agent, is there because Miguel fucked up, like I said, in the previous season. I'm not going to say what he did because it's a huge spoiler, but he's trying to stop him at every end but it seems that his uh, everything he tries is disrupted by the cartel and he just seems to be like one step behind him no matter how many times you think like this is the time where he's going to grab him he just never seems to catch a break and it's almost discouraging to kind of watch him like fail at like at every turn but it's, it's kind of interesting because the original narcos it seemed like it showed even though the DEA was one step behind the the cartel, they always seem to get at least one win or two. And these last two seasons, it just seems like they're not getting a break at all. Like The cartel is just completely in control of this whole situation, which is in reality how it really felt, according to the history. Um, overall, uh, I felt like the first season was a little more smoother as far as the storytelling goes and i felt it had a better payoff this one not so much like with miguel struggling with his bosses and the overall results you could kind of see everything like all that coming a mile away so it doesn't make it as interesting as the first season when he's trying to accumulate the power and how he does it Um, One thing that they do do that I think is great is they focus on one specific uh, cartel boss uh, named um, uh, Acosta and his story. It's funny because in real life he was he was actually loved in the town where he was from because he was more like of a Robin Hood figure. And whenever they focused on his storyline and like his story arc of kind of like redeeming all the bad he's done as a cartel boss, I felt was a little bit more interesting than the actual main story. So, um, again, if you're interested in crime dramas that have to do with drugs and violence, then this is probably for you. Um, If you're a completionist and want to continue the series, I say just give it a shot. It's still good as far as to see, like, how they continue the story. However, this season does take a lot more liberties than the real-life story. Like, I just found out that the DA agent that Scoot McNary plays is completely fictional, and that kind of ruined it for me. But um, still worth a watch, though, in my opinion.
0: I mean, they got to make some things like that a lot of times. Be- Drama taste. yeah, right. yeah,
1: yeah. True. It's it definitely more violent than the first season. I'll give it that. It's, there's some scenes that are pretty fucking brutal. So um, if you have a if you don't have the stomach for it, then you might want to skip oh, it. So
2: I guess I'm not watching it then. Okay, thanks Marco for the tip.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's only a few scenes, not too much. But when it's violent, it's violent. <laughs> uh, aside from that, I watched uh, an older film. One that's a little close to the heart right now called Contagion. It's the 2011 uh, thriller. Uh, I saw it on Amazon Prime. I actually bought this sucker because I was too interested. But uh, The movie is directed by Steven Soderbergh. It stars Matt Damon as uh, Mitch Emhoff, (laughs) Kate Winslet as Dr. Aaron Mears, and Jude Law as Ellen Krumwhitey so this movie is basically about um a virus that uh comes from basically exotic animals and (laughs) and (laughs) kind of similar to the situation that we're going through right now and essentially the the virus spreads from uh from china and their food markets all the way into across the 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 other nation nations and reaching the u.s and Basically, Matt Damon's character, Mitch Emhoff, uh, gets brought in the middle of all this because his wife ends up being the first case of this virus. Uh, and then that spearheads Kate Winslet's character, Dr. Aaron Mears, to go investigate what the hell is going on. They realize that they can't really stop this virus and they need to contain it and try to find a way to find a vaccine in order to, um, to stop the spread and to stop people from dying. All the while, Jude Law's character, Alan Crumwhitey, is a uh, conspiracy theorist and is a blogger and trying to undermine the CDC and saying that they're lying and that there's other alternative means to, quote unquote, cure the virus. I saw this movie because, of course, you know, we're going through what we're going through right now. And it's kind of like a coping mechanism, I guess, for me. And it was interesting to kind of see how the escalation of this, though it's a little bit more exaggerated in the movie, like the escalation happens like in mere hours and days versus weeks and months. And it's, it's just all so like, like I said, close to home, you kind of see like, Oh shit. Yeah. That started to happen. And then that started to happen, you know, and first they close the schools and then they start to close, you know, stores and stuff like that. And it's could basically considered to be like one of the most realistic, iterations of what a pandemic would look like and it just kind of you know in a way like i said is a way to kind of like dealing with the reality of things and trying to see that there is some light at the end of the tunnel i guess but some, um that's,
0: that's bullshit marco you know the best movies outbreak from 1995 don't <laughs> give me that bullshit because
1: it's free on Netflix. which yeah it is streaming on netflix right now
0: man you want to watch but, pandemics you can go it comes at night one of our right? hidden hidden episodes that nobody <laughs> l- fucking listen to
1: <laughs> but uh look this is from 2011 so like i don't give a shit if i spoil it um if you don't want to hear this then skip ahead five minutes but Spoiler i mean it, it ends up bad. you know they do find a vaccine for the damn thing so you know it kind of gives it hope that with time and with perseverance like we will get through this thing you know it's not going to be like a walk in the park of course but you know we're we're gonna we can still stay hopeful so um yeah check it out it's if you want to rent it for either five bucks or you want to buy it for 10 uh, it's on amazon prime video like i said or if you can borrow it from somebody a like family member or something then give it a watch if you kind of just want to you know immerse yourself into something that's a little close to what we're going through uh aside if- from <laughs>
0: And if you're borrowing it from anyone, please wipe that bitch down, okay?
1: Yeah, please wipe it. The person who gives it to you, make sure they wipe it down, and then you wipe it down. And, you know, they can just leave it either in your mailbox or on your doorstep, like I'm going to do with James and return his shit. (laughs) Uh, That's my personal life, sir. uh, Aside (laughs) uh, aside from that, I did start really quick the Amazon Prime Video original Hunters, which is the crime drama that stars – Al Pacino and Logan Lerman about a rag-ta- ragtag team of people um, that are essentially highing high- that are essentially I can't talk right now hunting down uh, old surviving Nazi Party members from World War II and I gotta tell you it's pretty damn fucking interesting I'm not gonna say too much on her right now as I'm only two episodes in. But watching Al Pacino and Logan Lerman's interactions between each other, as Al Pacino shows Lerman's character Jonah the ropes of how to become a Nazi hunter, is pretty interesting. the The show takes place during the '70s, uh, which is cool because, like, I like you know their '70s wardrobe is cool. They use the lingo from the '70s and stuff like that. And it's very violent. It's more violent than I than I expected. It's weird, but um. They, they don't hold back as far as showing like how evil the Nazis were and all their evil acts and shit like that. In the two episodes that I've seen, I've already been like pretty much disturbed as far as like all the flashbacks of what these ex Nazi officers did during world war two and all the, the horrible acts that they committed. And it kind of makes it easier when they finally do find one of these officers and puts an end to them because these guys show no remorse they make it pretty easy for the team to like want to take them out because they're just like you know you're not going to stop us we'll always be here we're not afraid of you and just basically insulting them with all these like racist you know like terms that they throw at them so it's like well okay you're not going to listen then we're just going to take you out so far i'm enjoying it even though the first episode is kind of a, a slow burn there's a lot of build up um a lot of exposition and it takes it a good, like, each episode's like an hour and a few minutes long. It takes a good 40 minutes of the first episode until it finally gets to the juicy parts. But once you get over that hump, I say it's, it's very entertaining. It's kind of, uh, it's got kind of, like, dark comedic moments to it as well. And I say if you're into this type of stuff, if you're into, like, history, then I say that this is for you. If you're into action and crime dramas, this is also for you. But, yeah, that's all I've uh, been watching so far. What about you, James? What have you been watching? Uh, so,
0: like I said, I've been watching a lot of things, but I'm going to just highlight a couple of the big ones here. I started the new show Dave, which is on Hulu, streaming on Hulu, and on FX as well. It's on uh, FX. And then Now that FX is on Hulu, you can watch there. Uh, so, Hi, this Dave. Is... <laughs> so, yeah, this <laughs> is about uh, the rapper Lil Dicky. Uh, a.k.a. Dave Bird. So he plays himself in this show where he's basically – it's kind of funny. So, like, he's basically trying to prove that he's a really good rapper, and he thinks he's destined to be, like, one of the greatest rappers of all time kind of thing. And it's kind of his misadventures of um, trying to get kind of like a record deal or – Finally, kind of just show himself off and get popular because he he thinks and knows that he kind of has the skills for it. It's very funny if you are a fan of Lil Dicky, I'd say check it out, especially because his raps are kind of like satirical, I would say. And it goes through like his roommate Mike, who's played by uh, comedian Andrew Santino, and like his girlfriend Allie Taylor, uh, played by Taylor Mosaic, and they kind of are the ones that are. Trying to kind of still figure out like what he's all about in a way. It's kind of funny because he has all these issues and he's very like self aware that, you know, it's hard for the kind of person that he is, like a white dude from the suburbs, to kind of break through and become a rapper. But he, um, so far, I mean, there's only been four episodes so far and all four of them have been like pretty funny. They're a little random. I think you can damn near watch these out of order and it still would make sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. There's not like any real
2: directional thing. With there's it. no
0: direction, but I mean, uh, well, there's one direction. Like He's trying to get like, he's trying right. to become famous in a way. So it's kind of like the whole play of the whole thing. Uh, so far, I like it, though. I really do. I think uh, he's, uh, he's surprisingly a really good actor. So I really am enjoying it so far, and I think it's one of those things where they're really short episodes. They're only like 22 to 23 minutes long each. Less than half an hour. Because I think, you know, if it was with commercials, it'd be 30, right? So Easy watch. It's really funny, and uh, I would recommend it. Uh, and Nabil, you said that you're watching it too. Yeah, I've seen the first three
2: episodes as well, and I mean, I find him hilarious. Uh, some some of the subject matter is just so self deprecating, and I feel there's, like most of it's actually yeah. pretty true. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's so random, so funny how he goes about it. Yeah,
0: like there's an episode. One of the episodes is like, hey, like this kid dies, right? And the at, they're at the school, and they're like, hey, man, like, he was a really big fan of you. Like, would you mind, like, coming and doing a rap for him at his funeral? And that's the episode. It's just like, holy shit, yeah. right? <laughs> prepping for it. Yeah, Yeah. And he's prepping for it. And then Macklemore shows up, and he's like, what the fuck, man? So, <laughs> you know, it's just that kind of shit. It's really random, but it, it works for the show. It's really funny. And that's on Hulu, you said? Yeah, it's on FX. And then if you have Hulu, it's also streaming on Hulu, too. FX nice. on right. Hulu. Their whole new little uh, uh thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I also saw a re-release in theaters, one of the last few movies I saw in theaters before uh, Marco decided to keep us indoors. Uh, I actually went (laughs) with... (laughs) I went with Mikey and uh, Marco to see this one where we all shared and fought the Rona together. A 2003 anime film called Tokyo Godfathers that was uh, co-directed by Satoshi Kon, the late Satoshi Kon. This movie is was fantastic by the way I've never seen it it was on my list of anime films that I've wanted to watch because I've heard really good things about it. We actually were able to go and watch the new English dub for it because you know you know we're like we we were feeling like reading so it's basically about three homeless people that live on the streets of Tokyo who find a newborn baby and uh, they basically set off to find the baby's parents and find out why they abandoned the child. And this movie was really good. I liked the animation in this one. I liked the overall story. It has a lot of heart. It goes through a lot of um, kind of messages about how people perceive other people that are like homeless, especially is kind of the big deal of how they even animated the film. Uh, We stayed for after the credits and they had a little segment where they actually go over like they didn't want to hide away that. Every time that Tokyo is depicted a lot of times in either anime or film, it's really beautiful. They don't show, like, the trashy side. And this movie doesn't shy away from showing you, like, how life is hard and really tough for certain people. And I really liked it. It has a great story. There's a surprisingly cool amount of action. It's very funny. I don't know if you guys have ever seen I, – I bet Nabil has. Like, Satoshi Kon's other um, movies, like Paprika is probably one of the more popular ones, and Perfect Blue. And I'd only have seen Paprika before, and I think I I remember even seeing that back when I was in uh, college, and I was like, this is really trippy, you know? Because he does a lot of movies, he does a lot of sequences where like there's things in people's heads, but this one is more of a, a grounded story, and I really appreciate that. And I'm I'm really glad that we got to see this one. It has a really yeah, it's, good a, it's a very story.
1: good movie. I, I agree with like everything you said, like from the themes, from the messages, it's great. Like the whole thing about uh family as well too and about acceptance and how like family can be like whatever you make it as well because these are three like homeless strangers that have no familiar connection to each other but Mm -hmm. yet are the closest thing to that each one has as as family and as going through these hard times they go through it together but yeah it was it was great animation was awesome and uh the 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 realism of of tokyo like the city itself is almost like a character which is great um i'm glad i i ended up getting to see this one i'd never seen um this director's work before and i'm i'm glad i got a taste of it with this movie um like james says give it a shot if you haven't seen it
0: definitely and the last thing i saw was the actual final movie that i saw in theaters guys i went and saw onward the latest pixar film that i guess i can say it now like you could actually buy this movie now that blows my fucking mind And it's going to be streaming on Disney Plus, I want to say, next Friday? Yeah. Oh, it's April 3rd. Yeah, Yeah, April 3rd. So if you want to see that on Disney Plus, uh, because unfortunately, because of the virus, this movie uh, shit the bed. So it's one of the lowest uh, profiting uh, Pixar films since The Good Dinosaur. So, And which is really unfortunate because this movie is really fucking good, by the way. I don't know if you guys have heard about this or not, but it's basically like set in a like a a normal world where these magic used to be around, but b- when people started inventing technology it basically disappeared. Like people were like, well why the fuck would I like create fire when I can just turn on like a stove or something, right? And it's kinda of funny in a way, like, oh, that makes sense, right? And the movies almost set up like a Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons adventure, if that makes any sense. <laughs> that that so, sounds about right. right. Yeah, so basically, a it's about two brothers. It's about a kid named Ian, played by, uh, voiced by Tom Holland, and he's about to turn. I think it's sixteen or seventeen. I don't remember, but it's one of those ages where he's about to, you know, become a. I think it's sixteen. So he's he's about to be turned sixteen, and his they live. He lives with his mom, Laurel, who's played by Julia Louise Dreyfus, and then his older brother is named Barley, played, uh, voiced by Chris Pratt. And they uncover a wand or a staff, basically, that their late father left for them to take a look at when they had turned 16. The staff itself has a resurrection stone on it that's supposed to resurrect him for a day so that he can finally meet and see how his sons are. Because uh, he died because he got really sick when um, right before Ian was like, or right when Ian was born, pretty much, he was sick and he died shortly after. So they bring him back, only half of them, though. Unfortunately, the uh, spell doesn't quite work. Something happens. And only the bottom half of them is alive or walking around. And so what's nuts, though, is they basically are like, hey, we have to find another phoenix stone to get the other half of them, obviously. Right. So they only have 24 hours to do it. And it's really good. So basically, it's. Not just a movie about, like, brothers bonding and kind of realizing. Because Barley's, like, an older brother. He's already out of high school. And he, he's kind of seen as kind of like a failure or a black sheep of, like, just everything. Because he's kind of weird, right? He's all into, like, their version of Dungeons and & Dragons. And Ian himself is just kind of, like, trying to find himself. And he's um, very much kind of not very, like, outgoing. But he he's kind of a loner. And you get that kind of feel for it. So it's fantastically animated. It has a really good story. Uh, if you ever have had a lost one, or lost somebody really close to you, and I think anybody that's uh, happened to you, like you could, you can understand that getting back someone even just for twenty four hours would like you'd probably do just about anything to do that, you know, just to talk to them. Or in this case, like Barley has a really uh, sad story that he never actually got to say goodbye to his dad, and it's it's really touching. It's a really touching film, and I can't uh, recommend this one enough. So. I mean, when it goes to Disney Plus next week, I would highly recommend uh, taking this one out, guys.
1: Yeah, definitely going to watch that one. It seems very interesting, one I want to add to my list.
0: Yeah, and, like, don't get me wrong, it's not just all, like, all serious and that. It's very funny, too, by the way, of course, with that Pixar kind of flair. And, unfortunately, it just sucks that it came out right at the cusp. I mean, I'm shocked this was one of the last few ones that didn't get, like, pushed out. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. And um, I really really enjoyed it and like I said take it up. but that's everything you've been watching guys right on got a nice little plethora of movies here so guys let's go on to our main review now of the film Honey Boy no 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 and cut so where do we start I don't know boss you tell me I'm obviously not equipped to make any decisions I want you to write an account of your memories from what
2: Sometimes I wish I was you, man. I'd be famous, have paparazzi, girls chasing me around. I'll
0: teach you what I know. I'll give you what I have. Oh, Trust me, honey boy, I'm your father.
2: I found
1: peace in my way.
0: We're on team, and I know you got what it takes. You're a star, and I know it. That's why I'm here. I'm your cheerleader, honey boy. You trust me? Yeah. yeah. Good take, good take. You did it, you did it. Good job, everybody. Come here, come I here. Try and i had glimpse You can walk on water till someone tells you that you
1: don't know how to. You don't listen, that's your problem. And you're selfish.
0: I'm doing you a favor.
1: You're doing me a favor?
0: Like, who else is gonna give a felon a, a job? I don't like you talking to me like I work for you, you like do I'm you your mother. You work buddy. for me, I'm your boss. You know what, I don't have to be here. I could be gone in a second. I could be gone in a second. Okay, so the IMD description here is a story of a young actor's stormy childhood and early adult years as he struggles to reconcile with his father and deal with his mental health. This is directed by Alma Harrell. This stars Shia LaBeouf as James Lort, Lucas Hedges as Otis, age 22, Noah Jupe as Otis, age 12, Brian uh, sorry Byron Bowers as Percy, Laura Diego Como as Dr. Marino, F. K. Twigs as shy girl, Natasha Lyonne as mom, Mika Monroe as Sandra, and Clifton Collins Jr. as Tom. I'm going to start with you, Nabil. Yay or nay? Yay. It was it was entertaining. It wasn't as
2: uh as dark as as I thought it was going to go. Um, which I actually think was a good thing because I feel like it could probably got darker. But I, I enjoyed the story. It was a very unique film. Um, and there wasn't a lot to the plot. It was very specific. Um. Two, I guess two periods that it was focusing on. Um, and I, I kind of
1: enjoyed the, the simplicity
0: of the story. Okay, nice. Uh, what about you, Marco?
1: Uh, it's a definite yay for me. I really liked this movie a lot. It just, you know, it was a glimpse in the life of this, you know, father and son relationship or, you know, what, what excuse of relationship that they had it was just very you know dysfunctional very realistic at times you know painful to watch but still though like it it kept you you know captivated in these characters and and it kept you just wanting them to really have that that you know father-son bond that each one of them kind of wanted throughout the entire movie and it's uh it's it's powerful, you know. I mean, uh, like the bill says, it's very it's a very simple story, but I think like the the performances overall like really really sold it. I really liked Shia LaBeouf's performance of the father figure. I really liked both the actors that uh, played Otis. I, I felt like at at any given time when it was flashing forward or flashing back, like they did pretty good at staying in sync as far as like you you know you being able to tell that it's the same character, but um. And of course, it had its charming moments in it as well. So um, I I would recommend a, I, I would recommend it to to be watched.
0: I gotcha. Um, it's a Nay for me, you guys. Which I mean might shock you guys. I don't know. Maybe it both. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I feel like this is a really niche kind of film. Like this is written by Shia LaBeouf, right? It's about yeah. it's you know it's about him. And I feel like if you don't know a lot about Shia LaBeouf, like a lot of this might pass you over your head. Like this is like. I was talking to um Jill about this yesterday when I finished this because Jill is the one that had seen this run originally and told me about it, too. It's like he made this film for himself to kind of, like, cope with his father, you know, and he kind of – he talked to his dad finally when he made this movie. Yeah. And it's almost like – it's like, hey, I'm just doing this for myself, and if you guys want to watch, you guys can watch it, too. Like, a lot of you guys are going to miss out on, like, what I'm talking about and shit because, I mean, they go they, – I mean, they make a lot of references. They show, like, even Stevens kind of stuff, you know, and – his you know the older shia or aka otis is you know parting hard and getting into all this fucking trouble and stuff like that and going to rehab and he actually thought about he thought of writing this when he was in rehab and he he did it like yeah a couple weeks after so it's like holy shit so i mean that's the only reason i say nays because i just i don't feel like a lot of this is kind of still a pretty artsy film yes um it's i mean the light artsy though i still think it's pretty easy to follow i liked the performances though guys I totally agree with uh, Marco. I really liked uh, Noah Jupe, the kid version of Otis, the yeah. age 12 one. I, he, he did really well. he surprised the hell out of me, man, because all I know him from is from uh, Ford V Ferrari, where he's the son. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, he's this kid does more serious stuff, you know? And I really enjoyed Shia LaBeouf as a dad, but I have to agree that maybe it would have been a better choice not to have him as the dad, like have someone else, because originally he was trying to get Mel Gibson to do it, and that's kind of how he had his dad sign off on it.
1: Yeah, he uh, told his dad that uh, even after he knew that Mel Gibson said no, he was like, yeah, he's going to play you, and that's how he got the um, the rights yeah. for him to use his dad. And I almost feel like that would have been a powerful
0: thing to have him not in it, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, for the most I, – I personally enjoyed it, but it's still a nay for me because I, I know a lot of people probably wouldn't enjoy this film unless you like Shia LaBeouf in and in, to a point or know some things about him. So, I mean, did you guys – get the feeling that it's about Shia LaBeouf if you like came into this blind and didn't know about it or would you have been like this is just about a kid that's in kind of a really weird situation where his dad kind of is a former rodeo clown or magician in a way and it's kind of like taking down his son kind of vicariously living through him in a way
1: i i mean i know just only because i read about it and because i knew that I think I read somewhere or something that it was going to be semi-autobiographical about Shia LaBeouf. And I think even, even if I didn't know that, I think me personally, I I would, I would have still enjoyed it because it's, it's just one of those movies where it's that dysfunctionalism that they were going through and yet still trying to seek a bit of normalism. I think like in any family, like at some point we always, you know, crave, you know, some sort of like. "Quote unquote" normal family, but I don't think there mm-hmm. is such a thing as a normal family, and it just kind of shows the levels of how much you know worse it could have been and stuff, and how that shapes a person and stuff like that. Like uh, honestly, it's like it doesn't, it doesn't excuse all the shitty acts that he did, like you know, driving under the influence and being a shitty person and stuff. Like it doesn't excuse those acts, but it does like yeah. explain it and kind of shows again like how those familiar roots shape us into into who we are whether it be good or bad and i kind of i i liked that aspect of the movie and and that type of storytelling for me personally
2: yeah and i think that for me um as far as shia labeouf is concerned i mean it was good to see him act and i actually think i liked the characters playing his father more than you know the characters of, of himself um I loved, I, I agree that the, the acting was great, especially Noah Jupe. He did a great job as playing Shia LaBeouf as a kid, um, or as Otis, I suppose. Um, I just, I felt there was more story to be told with the father, and I, I liked, you could tell he was really channeling the pain, the frustration, the anger that his father's dealing with while also trying to, you know, work out how to be the father um, to this to this young kid who's, who's a rising star, obviously, and, and trying to balance that out. I, I think one, where the film really does falter is that if you're looking at it from perspective of saying oh this is about a, a boy and, his, and the relationship with his father I didn't, I didn't really feel that connection I felt more like it was about the father um, and, and what he was going through but they didn't delve too much into it because I didn't really get to know too much about him outside of what was kind of surface level there during the few few uh, what weeks maybe that the film takes place um, in the past at least and then I didn't feel like there was any real connection being made. I think there was a forced connection being attempted uh, between the two, but and maybe that's just really how how the relationship was. But I never felt that they they ever got to that point of, of you know building that kind of relationship. Like they love each other, but it's not. It didn't really seem like a fa- any kind of real reconciliation about a father and a son. Though Otis, you know, especially as a kid, No Joop was trying. To think about that and had imagined scenarios of, of maybe them being closer, it it never really came to fruition. So I, I don't, that's I think where I was saying like the plot was thin because it didn't to me feel like there was any, there was any real progression of the story and maybe he wasn't trying to make something, you know, come out of it. But I never felt any growth. I never felt any any real. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, uh, but I think know?
1: I think that's the I think that's the the point. Nabil is that the right. like hit him accepting the fact that that's all it it will it will ever be. That's all that relationship will be is them making deals with each other and agreements, and it would never be a regular father son relationship. It would always just be that there was oh, there would always be something in the middle separating them, and it's about more of him kind of, like, coming to terms with that and not right. um, and not their relationship evolving. Yeah, because yeah. that doesn't always, like, happen, you know? Like, I don't think that the, that the whole thing was their relationship was going to grow into something better and that would be the growth you see in the movie. I think that would just always stay stagnant and it was just yeah. how you, you cope with it type of thing. That's how I've, I saw it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have spoilers down there, but truly there's nothing you can really spoil about this movie, guys, for the not most really. part. I would say, like, for instance, at the end, right, he talks to kind of like a, like his dad in his whole, like, uh, get up from his cowboy time, right? And I right. think I would have liked to see, like, him actually interact with his dad, an older version of his dad, just to kind of get more closure from that. But I get what you mean, too, Marco. The fact that yeah. it's kind of like he has a subject, like, dude, this is as good as it gets with your dad. Like, he just wants you to make sure, like, you don't make him look too fucking bad in the movie, right? And the whole, you know, they drive off together, and then it just realize, he, you know, he never actually met up with his dad by the end of the movie. It's just, it's just him, just kind of coming to acceptance and being like, mm-hmm. well, that's it, you know, that's my life, right?
1: Yeah, because I don't think he could ever expect his his expectations of 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 something greater than that were gone. Like he just knew it was just that's all there was ever going to be. Because I think even in real life, he hadn't talked to his dad in seven years when he first. Asked them for the for the rights to use him as a character.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's it's also maybe because of, I mean just like they're showing you with Shia LaBeouf, like he he'd been going through up up until recently changes. Yeah, he's he went through a lot of uh, strange public things too. I don't know if you guys have seen. Yeah, but uh, this is definitely not one of those. uh, I mean, it's like both ends of the sticks here is pretty sharp if you know what I mean. Like okay. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, I like Shia Buff, Like I said, uh, one of my favorite films from last year, especially if you guys liked his performance here and if you haven't seen him in a while, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. It's a fantastic movie. And um, it's one of those movies where I think it's kind of him reemerging into the scene of, like, trying to get back into some, you know, some decent films outside of, uh, you know, can all be Eagle Eye. So, <laughs> and I think, though, that for the most part, I, I like I said, I liked it. It's just one of those things where I just i i'm with the build though i just kind of wanted a little more and it, it the movie's very short it's actually less than an hour and a half because it you know it's like an hour and 20 something and it cuts the credits i'm like god damn really and it's yeah. i i mean literally 10 or 15 more minutes maybe a little bit more of him at the uh, rehab facility would have even been what i'm looking for or some more sequences with noah uh Joop's character when he's otis as a younger kid too might have helped like hey this is him and struggling with more stuff as a kid and um, I kind of want to see more of like his stuff with uh, the girl that he's with and like, what was kind of the more of the significance with that, too. Yeah, I, I get
1: it, James. You wanted to see him on the set of Transformers with Optimus <laughs> Prime and Megatron.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they show you one of the scenes from...
1: <laughs> no, uh, it, oh, yeah. yeah, I know.
0: In the beginning. Because no, Shia LaBeouf famously always says no a lot in his movies. In so, that movie, yeah. yeah. I thought that was
1: pretty cool. Yeah,
0: and I mean, right off the bat there, you can tell it's... Oh, he's supposed to... be. He actually gets his mannerisms pretty good for somebody that's only like 10 years older than him. I was like, oh shit.
1: Yeah. I think, but Luke yeah, is, I, I, I yeah. agree with you that I wish that they would have shown a little bit more with his older version and at the rehab center and stuff. It, it seems like they sort of uh, w- like weeded away from his progressions towards the end of the movie. Like it, they showed a lot more towards the beginning and then it sort of like was put in the background later on in the movie.
0: Yeah. And I, I like that too. Like I said, it's one of those little, like little subtle things too. You're like, okay, that's cool and um for the most part like i said i it'd be a hard it'd be hard to recommend this one to people unless you're a fan of shia Buff, i think or maybe at least or more i don't know like if you know about shia Buff, i guess yeah
2: there really isn't much to say about the film as far as that's what know, i mean it's like hard to like it's, it's the the a very
0: are...
2: yeah like it's it's if you're just into kind of like you said, Shia LaBeouf. If you're looking for something just different, I mean, this is definitely a different kind of film. But uh, you know, could I say that? Oh, if you're a in, uh, love indie films, that you should watch this. It's going to be a great indie film. Or if you're, I'm not you know, even really sure into something that like it's it's yeah, it really doesn't fall in those kind of categories. It's very much an homage for him, and it's something personal, and that's great that he was able to make it. And there's a very interesting you know glimpse into. Charlie Buff's past and his and his parents and his kind of you know a little bit about his during that time of of when he was younger and um and what he went through uh through his mental breakdown but really uh I mean there were there were, it's it's more like if you're interested or just sounds interesting to you feel free to watch it if you don't you you know you can read up a little bit on the history and pretty much get what you need on it too so
1: yeah I can agree with that yeah, unless, like, you're, like, really hardcore into, like, indie slash artsy films, then yeah. But if not, then, yeah, do it in a bill set.
0: Yeah, I think, um, like, for instance, like like I told you, I watched some of my parents. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't pull this one up from, I don't think they would enjoy this one kind of thing. Like, they'd be like, no. oh, this is kind of weird. Like, yeah, it's about Shia LaBeouf, the kid from Holes, you know?
1: <laughs> it's not for your just, um, for your general audiences i guess.
0: Yeah, like I said, that's why that's why when I started this one out I was like it's I feel like it's still for a very much like niche kind of like audience, like it's for a specific type. But I mean yeah, but, I agree with that. but but for those people though, don't get me wrong, for those specific people, I think it's great. Like you'll probably love it. So one of those things like hey. So I don't know if we're in like a shy assance, but I mean maybe. So we'll see shy <laughs> I don't know. He's still, maybe, I know he said he won't be the next Indiana Jones, but maybe he's just lying, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> he's back. <laughs> yeah. You named it after the dog? Okay. So, guys, that's that's our that's our thoughts on uh, Honey Boy. I know that's kind of a weirder one. The reason why we picked it was because it's streaming for free on Amazon Prime. So, take a look at that. It's one of the movies that we did want to check out since last year as well, so it wasn't just a random one. Uh, so, if you do have Amazon Prime, and uh, if any of this kind of interests you, check out take a look at it, because... Uh, uh, like I said, I think within the next first 15 minutes of the movie, you'll, you'll know if it's for you or not. And with that, guys, that's the end of the normal segment here of the pod. We still do have our after the credits segment as well. So uh, until then, guys, once again, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the feedback, response, and reviews. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can reach us.
1: You guys can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Pod. Also, if you listen to us on Spotify, Google Play Music, soundcloud or apple podcast hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode
0: and guys uh like i said we have some movies on the horizon coming up the next one we're going to be doing i'm not actually going to reveal it yet until we uh do it i don't want to spoil <laughs> this one i feel like this one's too special to spoil so episode 70 is going to be a very different one from what we do <laughs> normally so <laughs> i know good. marco has non-stop been talking about it so he's nothing but excited so uh uh, listening for that one guys that's gonna be in two weeks so like we're back to our regular schedule you're not gonna miss out on any movie pals podcast stuff we're still here uh and like i said since you guys have you guys everyone has a lot of time on their hands except to bill at this point uh shoot us some recommendations really
1: that is right Let Let us know what you want us to review, any of your old school favorites, or anything recent that you've seen, and we will try to check it out.
0: All right, guys, so let's go keep moving on now and uh, listen to the outro, and afterwards, we'll be right into our After the Credits. After. guys. Okay, so after credits here, this is our second segment of this one here, two of three. Uh, last First one we did, guys, we did our audio books on that, and uh, we might have talked a little bit too long, apologize about that, this one will be a little cleaner for you. Don't worry, we're not going to reveal the entire thing that we did, but we're going to tell you <laughs> how this went. So this time around, guys, was to watch a TV show by the time, I mean, little did we know three weeks ago that we probably could have done four TV
1: shows. And, up, and actually, still had time. We didn't know we'd be living through the apocalypse. So. Well, that's true. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, not. Th- I mean, it could once again could be worse. Could be worse. We could look outside and Nabil could be riding on a stallion and killing people. <laughs> so, the
2: walking dead is real now, guys. <laughs> still still with
0: his shirt off, <laughs> wearing a Michael Myers mask. I go, damn, he's dark. <laughs> Come out and play. Anyways think you think he should have shaved his chest before he did that. <laughs> No. no bro that adds, that's that that's adds, how you attract them that adds to that Skyrim vibe bro that's yeah. How he you know traps I mean? them. yeah <laughs> so we're gonna go over uh kind of a format here guys so like I said this new segment here is always a little bit looser uh we're gonna be going over the show that we uh watched the uh, who it's created by when it was released how many episodes quick synopsis just kind of a quick one like what's it about are there any more series and what did you think about it basically did you would you recommend it did you like it what did you not like? Did you like this challenge overall? All that stuff. So I'm going to start with you, Nabil. Let us know uh, about your show.
2: All right. So my show was Lock and Key on Netflix.
0: Hey, check it out. We're here.
2: Welcome to Key House. I could never get your father to talk about his life here.
0: My kids need a home.
1: Does it have to be this home?
2: Hello? Are you my echo?
0: Yes. Yes. Keyhouse is filled with amazing keys. Listen for
2: them. They whisper. You hear that? This was created by Meredith Avril, Aaron Eli Collette, and Carlton Cuse. This actually came out this year, 2020. Uh, it's about 10 episodes long. I'll uh, give you a little synopsis on it uh, straight from Netflix themselves. After their father is murdered or under mysterious circumstances, the three locked siblings and their mother move into their ancestral home, Key House, which they discover is full of magical keys that they may be connected to their father's death. As the Lock children explore the different keys and their unique powers, a mysterious demon awakes and will stop at nothing to steal them. From Carlton Cuse and Meredith Avril, Lock and Key is a coming-of-age mystery about love, loss, and the unshakable bonds that define family. Um, and that's, I mean, that really is the gist of it. It's about a bunch of keys that they find inside this house. Um, and you learn the mystery of what each, each key does, kind of the past about their father, who, who is a key um, that's his last name. And oh, I was like, what the fuck? Sorry. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's not an actual key. That's his last name. Um, and something tragic happens to the father, and they move into his old childhood home. And this house has, um, like I said, a bunch of keys. It's a pretty traumatic thing that the the family goes through, and you kind of are are with them through that journey, which they I think they handle very well. Um, but also it's a bit lighthearted with like mystery and intrigue about the keys and what they unlock and. And what what the situation is while continuing with what like what's the reason behind, behind this house? What's going on with the people around them? Is uh, um, sorry, I don't term.
0: I don't mean to interrupt you. Uh, is this like a horror story or it's so it's
2: not quite a horror story, but it does definitely have some horror elements to it. Okay, um, there are definitely moments where it's kind of like shocking and you don't expect it, and there's some a few jump scares here and there. But it really is more like I'd say. Uh, a scary teenage show almost maybe a little leans leans harder into the PG-13 but there isn't any like you know blood or gore or anything it's more on the thriller ass side of it um, and it's it there's it's really interesting because it's a very much about like the bonds of, of the family the, that's there it's a mother and, and their three kids her three kids um, and what they're going through the deal with the trauma that they've had in this new place um and these keys kind of help add to learning about their past and also just exploring a little bit and finding ways to be happy to the trauma and I, and I think it's uh, actually was a really good show um they do have a second season planned uh but nothing's been scheduled yet um again it is a bit of a teenage mystery and with some uh, some of the added horror elements um Honestly, if you're into something that you're looking for is a little creepy, but not too overly scary. Um, and again, if you're a big fan of like mystery and intrigue, this is definitely a show I could recommend for that. It's it's a different take um, that I think especially like young adults will really enjoy. Um, but families could enjoy it together, too, and not s- expect uh, anything that's, you know, not age appropriate, I would say. You know, just enough yeah. uh, scares into it. I got you. Uh, let's was- uh, I would say
0: hold off on telling us if you like the challenge. Though. We'll do that at the very end, by the way. Yeah, that's fine. But if you're uh I mean so overall nice. would you recommend it to I mean, like you said, you'd recommend it if you're looking for that, but um Okay. I mean Yeah, it was it was an interesting show. Yeah. Um I definitely wanna
2: it it's very long episodes. Um hour long, right? Yeah, it's about an hour long and when you go into it you you don't know where it's going. Each episode ends differently. Um and it's it's like a cliffhanger in each one. That mm, you don't nice. know what the purpose was and what's going to happen next or how that impacts the story. So I did like that part of it and it did pique my interest each time to continue on. So um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with the next season because they did pretty good with how they ended it and um, it seemed pretty
1: finite. But there's still, I think, a lot more areas to to explore. That sounds like a good way to keep you invested too. Yeah. To the the way you have the episodes that way with cliffhangers. And did you
0: had you re- uh, read any of the comic books before too? Uh, I did
1: not know. I I knew
2: that I had read that it was based off of a, I don't know if it was a comic or graphic novels, but um, yeah, uh, it it's very um, it I I would say that I could see some elements of like a, a graphic novel or, or a comic on it, but not too much show. Like I think this the show did stand alone pretty well.
0: Excellent. Uh, let me go into my show, guys. So the one that I decided to watch was the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance. At its center, the crystal of truth, the source of all life.
1: The Skeksis have corrupted it, and now our world is at risk from the darkening.
0: What is the darkening?
1: Behold. I saw something. A vision. We
0: read too many stories. No, this was real.
1: Everything the Skeksis ever told us was a lie.
0: And now everyone and everything. At risk. Created by Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews. This was released on August 30th, 2019, and it is 10 episodes long. So uh, this show, guys, is a prequel to The Dark Crystal, the film, uh, 1982, directed by uh, Jim Henson, and returns to the world of Thra, where three Gelfling discover the horrifying secret behind the Skeksis power and set out to ignite the fires of rebellion to save their world. So there's a lot of people in this movie, by the way, too, or this show, sorry. And what I what I was gonna say is that right even before I mean they have like a second season positive plan, by the way, just to let you guys know. James
1: like shit, I fucked up. I watched the movie again. Yeah. I
0: watched it <laughs> ten times. Holy shit. Um I'll tell you right now, for the most part, this show is about um I don't know. It's really weird guys. Like first you gotta cut you got to know how it's made too. The whole show is shot with puppets. So if have you guys seen the Dark Crystal?
1: No, but you sent me a screenshot of one of the puppets and it gave me nightmares for three days straight. <laughs>
0: i did actually remember that uh so the dark crystal itself is one of those uh movies that was made uh jim henson was trying to get into darker kind of things so he made uh the dark crystal in 1982 then he did labyrinth in 1986 obviously the labyrinth was much more of a commercial and critical success i believe because of uh star power of david bowie too but the Dark Crystal, I've always had a soft spot for, and I've seen several times. And it's, it's this movie basically t- explains to you the kind of events that happen that lead up to that movie. And um, so that's like I'm saying, there's actually possibly a second season they're planning. So it doesn't quite lead up to the movie, but it gets pretty close to where it's at. And basically the movie, I mean the show, I keep saying the movie, sorry. The show is about like, these creatures called the Skeksis are but basically guarding this crystal, but they're actually using it to kind of pull power from it, to stay young and strong and all this shit. So they're killing off the people, the little creatures that kind of work for them called the Gelflings and the movies, I mean the show once again, sorry, the Gelflings basically learn to kind of realize a Skeksis who they see kind of as like, they're almost like their gods, you know, are actually corrupt and, you know, not doing good things. And it's 10 episodes of them kind of like really, it really follows three characters a character called ryan who's played uh voiced by taryn egerton uh a princess named brea who's uh, voiced by anya taylor joy we got big names here as well and then there is a kind of a younger gelfling that kind of learns that she has really like particular powers named deet who's voiced by uh game of thrones only uh, uh nathalie emmanuel too so the the thing I liked about this show, guys, is right off the bat. Like Netflix went all out with the fucking voice uh, uh actors on this one. Like
1: yeah, that's a really good cast, dude.
0: That's just those three. Then, uh, we have like the Skeksis, who are the bad guys. Like the Emperor is played uh, voiced by Jason Isaacs, the Chamberlains voiced by Simon Pegg, uh, the General is voiced by Benedict Wong, uh, the Ritual Masters voiced by Keegan Michael Key, uh, the Scientist is voiced by Mark Hamill. Uh, the collector is voiced by Aquafina, and then on the Gelfling side, uh, the Madrafa, who is like the queen, is voiced by Lena Headley, and the librarian is voiced by Toby Jones, and then Ryan's father, Ordon, is voiced by Mark Strong. So, I mean, dude, the the voice cast here is is absolutely amazing. So, for the they mo- spared no expense. No, they didn't, dude. And I mean, <laughs> it, it was a pricey because you got to remember these are all puppets too. So, like, there's there is CG used and. It's used sparingly, but there are some cool sequences where there's some cool action sequences where the Gelflings are escaping the castle and they're getting attacked by, like, spiders and stuff like that. And I really like those looks because the 1982 film was kind of trying to go for that kind of feel, but obviously the technology at the time wouldn't allow that to even look remotely good, you know? So, uh, like I said, I liked this one for most of the uh, show. The thing is that I just felt like there was too many characters and it was kind of hard to follow along sometimes because I'll admit it right now. A lot of the Gelflings look exactly the fucking same, dude. So a lot of times, like especially the females, the guys, I had no issue. Like I always knew Taylor, Taylor Edgerton's character, Ryan. I'm like, okay, that's is, it. Is that
1: the creature that you send me a picture of?
0: <laughs> I think so. Yeah.
1: Fuck. He I had like even... some milky froth in his mouth and I was like, Oh no 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 looks... no.
0: That was uh that was uh that was one of the creatures that uh deep uh, finds. He's actually uh, becomes a he's a paladin. So it's kind of cool. Um he's really funny. He's my uh Netflix uh avatar c- picture by the way now. <laughs> and <laughs> I have to say I think we will keep demons away. Yeah. I have to say like a lot of the females though, like anybody that had to do with the queen and like she has like three daughters and one of them is Brea that we follow. I Dude, I swear to God, a lot of them, all the time, I'm like, is this the same character? Who the fuck am I following again? And, dude, I was paying attention. Like I told Nabil, I couldn't watch this show while I was working back when they used to give me hours. So, now, like, when I was watching it, I would literally watch it after work. So, like, I was always paying attention. And even then, I was like, dude, what the fuck? I'm so confused sometimes. And not i mean don't get me wrong by the time it's the 10th episode I, like you get it like you understand like okay i get it this is why this but dude the story is pretty complex i'm not too sure if they're really aiming for like a younger crowd for this one because it's a pretty i mean no pun intended the dark crystal is a dark story it's not really made for i don't even think the original one was really for kids Nabu, did you ever watch it I, I saw the movie yeah yeah so i mean you probably i don't know if you remember it or not but there are quite a few sequences in that was... movie that are kind of creepy.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, it got, I remember being scared of some of the scenes and really creeped out. And yeah, especially the like the I've bug like the bug there.
0: creatures they have and stuff are like yeah. really kind of creepy. I'm like, yo, if I saw this when I was a kid, I'd probably have nightmares. And yep. this show doesn't shy away from like the horror aspects of like what it's kind of kind of show. And I like that, truthfully, because Jim Henson was going for more of a darker tone for this to make it not just for like little kids to watch. Because, you know, everybody thinks Jim Henson What the first thing you think of, probably Kermit the Frog or Sesame Street, you know? It's one of those things where I really enjoyed it by the end because I, I'm a pretty decent fan of the dark crystal and I love Jim Henson and I just don't think it's probably for everyone though. This is a movie or a show, once again, so you keep moving to the movie. It's a show that I think if you were a fan of the show, I would definitely, now I flipped him. If you're a fan of the movie, (laughs) I would definitely recommend watching it because it uh, definitely fills in a lot of plot holes because in the movie itself, they don't actually go over too much. Like You just got to roll with it in that 1982 film where you're like, I guess this is how the world is. But this show explains to you why it is the way it is. Uh, I thought some of the shots in this show, even though it's a puppet show, they do have a lot of tracking shots that show, like, the mountains and, like, the kingdom itself are absolutely beautiful. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like, this is a a puppet show. You know, like, what the fuck? But overall, I don't think – if you weren't a fan of the movie, this one might work out for you. But if you're interested, I would definitely say you'll you'll, you'll understand by the first episode if you like it or not. It's not for everyone. But uh, for the most part, I thought it was – pretty good so
1: yeah i haven't seen either but i'm i'm interested in watching them just because it's you know you know jim henson's work so i'm, I'm a fan of his so i'll definitely want to check it out and yeah. see if it's something that i'll enjoy
0: and once again uh just like uh the bill's show and I, my show both were are streaming currently on uh, netflix so take a look nice uh what about you marco on your uh show
1: So, I did the DC Universe Original Titans Season 1.
2: Are you sure it's him? We called Gotham PD. He hasn't been seen for over a year. What was that? Disappeared, they said.
1: They thought he might be dead.
2: Why come here? Why Detroit? The weather. Where's Batman? Hey.
1: Little birdies alone. Let's just hope the hell he's passing through I'm detective Dick Grayson You want to talk about what happened? Can you help me? Mom? Rachel, that's what she calls you There's
0: something inside of me
1: (laughs) Something evil Nothing bad's gonna happen to
0: you, don't worry. Taking care of a kid is complicated, you know that better than anyone. And I know how healing it must be doing what Bruce
1: did for you when you lost your parents.
2: What happened between you and Bruce?
1: Guess we had different ideas of how to do the job. It's created by Greg Berlanti, Akiva Goldsman, and Jeff Johns. It was released in 2018, and it has 11 episodes, which is a weird number to have, in my opinion, for a TV show. (laughs) It's like, so not 10, not 12, 11. All right. For the the odd numbers. I mean,
0: truthfully, if you guys, just going back to mine, I did watch the Dark Crystal movie afterwards. So in a way, that kind of was episode 11
1: for me. You watched it 10 times? (laughs) <laughs> yeah basically. <laughs> but basically i
0: mean if you watch the movie afterwards it's almost a bonus episode because the movie's so short too it's only like 20 minutes longer than a normal episode so it's like well, oh is- shit i was like might as well so
1: yeah just for the continuity and stuff yeah that's pretty cool so the premise of the show is dick Grayson and rachel roth a special young girl possessed by strange darkness get embroiled in a conspiracy that could bring hell on earth Joining them along the way are the hot-headed Starfire and lovable Beast Boy. Together, they become a surrogate family and a team of heroes. So, and this show is based off the DC comic book of the same name, or essentially the Teen Titans, which are a spin-off of characters that have all the, uh, the young protégés of the main heroes. So, in which case... For Batman, it would be you know Robin, and then uh, they would also have uh, Starfire, Raven, and Beast Boy. Um, so I guess not all of them are proteges of previous superheroes, but I mean they have like Wonder Girl, who's like the protege of Wonder Woman, you know, so on and so forth. Um, it's a it's a much more serious take on the show. It's a lot darker. Uh, in the show, basically. Uh, dick Grayson is uh, a detective for Detroit. <laughs> He's a dick, get it? Because his name's Dick Grayson. <laughs> anyway, um, and he <laughs> he handles the case of the uh, the murdered stepmom of Rachel Roth, A.K.A. Raven, and comes to find out that there's a weird organization that's hunting Rachel down for some weird reason or another. Then al- along the way, they run into uh, Corey Anders, a.k.a. Starfire, played by Anna Diop, Diop? and also uh, Gar Logan, a.k.a. Beast Boy, played by Ryan Potter. And they essentially have to team up together against this strange organization slash cult that is obsessed with hunting down uh, Rachel Roth and exploiting her secret uh ability which like she harnesses this strange darkness within her that can protect her like the way they depict it in the show i'm not too familiar with titans by the way so i learned everything as i was watching the tv show oh really it's it's just not something i'm that familiar with like i've never seen i okay i've seen the first couple episodes of the animated version of teen titans but i never really read up a lot on the actual characters themselves so this is all like new to me, but essentially she like possesses this weird dark energy within her that uh, comes out and like, well, I guess we'll attack you and kill you. I don't know exactly what it is. They haven't fully explained it yet in the show to a point, um, but it's interesting to, you know, get to know more. Um, so I like the the show overall. Uh, I thought that it was very well done and I went in kind of with a little bit of a low expectation because the trailer didn't do it justice. Um, What they do with Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson, AKA uh, Robin uh, played by Bretton Thwaites. I believe is how you say his name. Yeah. Uh, I like the way he portrays Dick Grayson and Robin. He's detached himself from Batman at this point and he's ventured off on his own. he, had like a fallout with Bruce Wayne Batman because of who he felt he was becoming like Robin says that he's been enjoying the violence way too much. And he felt like that was taking over him a lot. Um, but yet he still keeps the Robin suit and he still comes out at night in order to release some of his tension and his anger and is very reluctant at first to take on Rachel and and be her protector he sees a lot of parallels between him and her and his relationship that he had with Bruce Wayne growing up. And he's sort of afraid of teaching her, I guess, kind of the wrong ways. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, my buddy, the dog's back. He's, he really wants to chime in on this and, and making the same mistakes that his mentor did with him. But eventually, you know, events force them to, you know, create the team of the Titans and, partner up with starfire who has her own backstory of her own she eventually comes to realize that she doesn't remember who she really is and has to discover why she has her powers as well too which is the ability to like she absorbs energy from the sun and then emits it out in flames and can basically burn you to a crisp and so she ends up joining dick grayson and rachel roth and trying to figure out know who this organization is and why they're trying to come after rachel all while discovering her powers and yeah that's basically just the team i i liked the portrayal of the characters i like the chemistry between them um it's kind of funny in some points because um they're all not like used to working in a team they're all used to just being independent and stuff and i like the backstory that they give each one of the characters in some episodes you'll have uh some flashbacks with robin you'll have some flashbacks with starfire and kind of see where she ended up um you know in in the middle of all this and i'd say the only one that doesn't really get much of a background story like at least um like showing there's a lot of telling Is beast boy um i felt like he's he's a lovable character and like he's the, the the character himself is very charismatic and uh ryan potter does a great job at making him a likable character but you don't really know much about him you just know that he was in a weird um like he was sick they gave him some kind of weird antidote and the next thing you know the dude can turn himself into a green tiger so yeah would I recommend the show? I say yes. If you're a fan of like superheroes, if you're a fan of DC characters, this is great. The world building is great. The Easter eggs are awesome. There's mentions of Gotham left and right. Characters from like the DC, like they mentioned the Penguin, they mentioned the Joker, uh, they mentioned Two Face. Um, there is a very cool, surprising cameo. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Um, at the end of the series, that I think is definitely worth it, and kind of makes me wish that this was connected to the dcu because they did robin justice this is probably like the best version of robin i've seen since the animated uh, tv show on fox i i'm looking forward to finishing the rest of the series there is one more season that was just released season two so there are more seasons on the show it's on dc universe again if you're a comic book f- fan or if you're a fan of dc characters if you're not too happy with the way DC's done stuff with their movies, then this is definitely something that you'll enjoy. However, I will tell you, it is super violent. Like it is violent to the max. You see bones break. You see blood splatter. I kind of like how gritty it is, and I kind of wish that this is what would have translated onto the movies. So, yeah, there you have
0: it. Nice. I, I gotta. I do want to bring up one thing. I do. I, I agree with most of what you said. I will say that it has a very weak ass. Season finale.
1: Yeah, it kind of does. It
0: it. Um, I thought I actually had skipped an episode. I was like, did I skip an episode? No, this is it. This is episode eleven.
1: Yeah, without giving out too much, they do a time jump for like the <sighs> last episode. Yeah. But they you, if you watch the whole thing, you explain that you kind of it explains exactly what happened. But it kind of does throw you off. And James, I ended up doing the same thing too. I'm like, is this what James was talking about with that episode that was just kind of like out of place? It's really random. Um. It's yeah, I mm, I have my my issues with the episode. I liked what happened in it, but the end result of things I had an issue with. They 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 do something with this episode where um, I guess it's sort of like a parallel universe that you're kind of watching type thing. Yeah, without giving is. away too much. Yeah, I and it. it and it just kind of like wasn't the payoff wasn't there, but it was interesting to. To watch what they included in the episode without spoiling too much all right so awesome uh we all watch the shows here so
0: overall uh starting with nabil what did, how did you like this challenge compared to like the book one was it easy was it um hard was it i don't know tell me
2: <laughs> it was a good challenge uh honestly it helped push me to watch a show i probably would have otherwise put off kind of like with the book uh challenge so I actually finished the, the shows quicker than I You I definitely I would. did. Um, you,
0: I got to say yeah. this to everyone. M- Naboo was ready like a week ago to shoot this thing. He's like, dude, I'm done. <laughs> what else are we doing? I'm like, damn. <laughs> oh, shit. I remember I was yeah, like, I damn, he's already done with everything and the movie? I got I got
2: into it, you know, knock it out every night. And, and um, I think that was really good because even now with what's going on, I'm having trouble trying to figure out, well, what do I want to watch? Do I really want to watch this and spend the time on, you know? It kind of keeps you focused to to stick to one thing and, and, you know, uh, get through all of it.
1: Right on. Uh, What about you, Marco? I really liked it. I thought it was cool to kind of find something new that you've been putting off for a while and kind of sit down and say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to give this a chance and and watch it, especially something being new. Because oftentimes we get lost into you know, just our regular shows and wait until like a new season comes out. But it's nice to just give like a brand new show, like a chance and and watch it from the very beginning. Being a huge fan of comic books, I guess helps too. And this is definitely one of those shows that I've been wanting to watch for a while, especially hearing you talk about it, James. And I'm glad I finally got to start it because now I'm, I'm excited to watch more. And I'm also excited to explore more of, uh, the shows on uh, dc universe so yeah i thought
0: it was great nice uh yeah for me guys i gotta say this one was harder than the book one because uh much like the bill the book for the book one i knocked that one out quick like within four days i was like done this one i think because it was such a strange show dude it was just harder for me to really get into it and like knock it out i had to find myself that i was like hey like tonight you have to watch an episode or two and uh, you know it's one of those things where i was like fuck i gotta like get on this shit so this was a little harder, but just like Nabil, though, I got to agree. Like, this forced me to finish a show that probably would I would have probably watched only a few episodes at a time over the course of like six months, probably. And totally, yeah, and totally not understood the fucking plot by the end of it. I'm like, okay, I guess, right? That's cool. <laughs> so, uh, other than that, man, um, it was fun. It was still fun. I, I like that I- it kind of forced us, even though, in a way, like, I've been watching other shows during this, and I think that's what was taken away from it. Because of all the issues going on and stuff going on right now. I was like, shit, we could have.
1: Same. I, I will say as far as like the toughness of the challenge, I, I kind of agree a little bit with you, James, where it was a little harder because you're at home. You have more choices versus an audio book when you're, uh, at least for me, when I'm away from my mm-hmm. home and I have less of a uh, of a choice. I'm like, no, I'm going to do the audio because I have nothing else to do. See, so, yeah, so, I mean, it kind yeah, of pl- it a little it kind
0: of worked out for us then in a way that we chose that yeah. audiobook first because it might have sucked to do the audiobook like last. Like now, you gotta listen to an audiobook, guys. <laughs> <laughs> would have just read in my room? <laughs> you would have been like, "I'm just gonna actually read a book." Okay, so our last one here, our announcement is our last segment a segment, segment. Good God, our last segment of our little challenge here is, as you guys know, if you've been following along, is a video game. So what we're doing here, guys, is basically. The video game itself is, uh, we had to complete a video game, and we have two weeks to do it. So for most of us, I think for all of us, it ain't going to be a big deal anymore. <laughs> when we set these up originally, this was kind of like, hey, with our busy lives, we have to like find ways to do things. And now we're like, actually, <laughs> probably could do two. But, uh, so, hey, we're going to stick to it, though. It's been a fun little segment, but our ending segment for our after-the-credits segment is going to be a video game challenge. Our criteria is we have to do a game that has at least 10 hours long to beat we're using the website howlongtobeat.com to verify that and uh also guys you have to beat the game do not not beat the fucking game beforehand so like i said nabil was talking about cuphead at one point point. i was like blood you are crazy good luck i've already failed at this challenge <laughs> yeah so i was like oh my <laughs> god uh the game has to have like a story so marco can't choose uh like tekken 7 or fucking tetris like okay we get it you played tetris for fuck hours. he's like guys can we get a quick break i need to figure out my game now again uh and we want to choose a game that you had like haven't played before i mean if it's a longer game and you only maybe like you know a lot of us have a backlog we might have just started it and played maybe 30 40 minutes that's fine i don't want to find out they like found i was like yeah i played half of it like a year and a half ago and i just beat the last part no just do a new one dude so uh with that guys uh let's go to you marco what game are you going to be playing here and uh i will what console is it on to or computer
1: I will be playing the game The Last of Us on PlayStation 4, a game that I've been putting off far too long and a game system I've been neglecting far too long as well.
0: Nice. That's the PlayStation 4. And uh, Deville, what about you?
2: I'll be playing uh, Control. It came out in 2019 by uh, Remedy Entertainment, and I'll be playing that on uh, PlayStation 4 as well.
0: Mm. Uh, disgusting alright <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go ahead and I will be playing uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 on the Nintendo Switch that's I, adorable I almost felt like I should have played it an it. Xbox One just to be like hey it runs better on that by the way actually control r- runs best if anybody wants to know on PC
1: you are going to be banking uh, Luigi noises actually you, you know what game? I
0: could have chose I could have chose Half-Life Alex, but that would be fucking insane
2: Jeez. You'll probably be done with it by tomorrow.
0: A 16-hour VR game? I'm pretty sure I wouldn't. So, (laughs) Alright, guys. So, with that, though, uh, just to go over everything we did there, uh, that was our end of our uh, TV challenge, and we're now moving into the final segment for the video game. So, in two weeks, you will hear our progress, and we should have all beat that game. I think out of the three, I think I'm most jealous of Marco, because I would love to experience The Last of Us all over again and pretend I've never played it. Mm, can't wait that game is phenomenal and i really am jealous of nabil because he chose a game that was on my list so stuff like that <laughs> so uh i also oh. have had that game sitting here since black friday so you know it's fine
1: uh, yours sounds really fun though man, luigi's yeah. man. oh I yeah no no i mean fun. all three i'll play the first one just
0: to let you guys know all three of our games are highly rated on metacritic so i mean take a look nice. like these are not like we didn't choose shitty games which is cool you know and yeah. i just uh, as you guys probably know i just beat luigi's mansion one and two uh last uh, winter so i mean i recently just beat him
1: so nice and guys if you if you want to join us also feel free to pick a game and join the challenge see if you guys can beat it in two weeks
0: it should be more than enough time for a majority of people so
1: yeah <laughs>
0: with that though guys this is james and marco and Bill. have a good one